Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Guys, good morning. We are so delighted that you're joining with us as we continue on our Position for Hope series. Today, we're going to be exploring the idea of nothing but hope. But if you've been with us over the past number of weeks, you'll know that this book of Philippians that we've been unpacking and exploring together was written by a guy named Paul. And now Paul's a fascinating character who we learn about a bunch in the New Testament of the Bible. If you've ever tried to dip in and read the New Testament, you've probably come across this guy Paul before. We find out a bunch of very amazing things about his life. We find out in the book of Acts, which is part of the New Testament of the Bible, that Paul was literally heading in the direction of persecuting the early church. He was all about stopping this move of Jesus that was making its, making its way across the known world. And literally, as Paul was on his way to persecute the church, he had this experience of Jesus. He had this encounter with the person of Jesus. Maybe like many of you have had, maybe like even I have had in my own life, he had this meeting with Jesus that transformed everything about his life and transformed everything about his story. And rather than persecuting the church, Paul became one of the founding fathers of the church and he traveled around the known region of his time announcing and demonstrating this amazing news about Jesus that he had experienced for himself. And now Paul was doing this in the context of the Roman Empire. So you can imagine that when Paul was entering into your town or when he was entering into your city and announcing that someone other than Caesar, who was the leader of the Roman Empire, was to be Lord of your life, it kind of annoyed the Roman officials. And so Paul would often find himself in prison because of what he was demonstrating. He would often find himself in prison because of what he was announcing to the people of those regions. And so this book, Philippians, that we're reading was written while Paul found himself in prison. He found himself locked up. He found himself beaten. He found himself isolated, filled with every opportunity for disappointment, as you can imagine. But what Paul did with that opposition was he chose to see it as an opportunity for the surrounding culture to meet the kindness and the goodness and the love of his God. And that's how we end up with the book of Philippians. It's Paul's overflow of joy in the midst of prison, which just sounds like a crazy idea, and it's something I would love us to explore this morning. But in just a moment, we're going to read the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at today, Philippians 3, verses 1 through 11. And there's some amazing members of our family here at church who are going to read that passage to us. But just before we do that, I would love to pray for us this morning. I would love to pray that the Spirit of God, the Spirit that has been moving as we've been meeting already, that was moving in worship, would just increase and then rest upon each of us. I love that in the Bible, when the Spirit of God and the Word of God are present, it doesn't matter how barren, it doesn't matter how empty, it doesn't matter how broken, how dark, how desolate an environment was, because when the Spirit of God and the Word of God were in attendance, life and transformation took place. And so I would just love to pray for just a couple of seconds, and then we're going to hear those um, words of Scripture together. So why don't you close your eyes with me? Why don't you open your hands if you feel comfortable with that? And we're just going to invite God to turn our attention to himself in this moment. And so Holy Spirit, we just invite you to increase. We thank you for what you're already doing this morning. We thank you for the hope you're already instilling this morning. But we ask right now that you would come afresh upon us. 
Lord, we ask that you would come and you would hover over the emptiness in our life, that you would hover over the, the barrenness, over the darkness, and over the brokenness. Spirit of God, come and rest upon us now. God, may the, these words breathe life into our bones today. God, may you awake us to your movement in this time. Amen. And so we're going to hear that passage of scripture now. That's about it, friends. Be glad in God. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters, and I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry, so here goes. Steer clear of the barking dogs. Those religious busybodies all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearances. Knife-happy circumcisers, I call them. The real believers are the ones that the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we knew it, even though we can list what we might think are impressive credentials. You know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. The very credentials these people are waving around is something special. I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so that I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. Wow, what a beautiful passage of scripture. Um, and I, I love that in those moments when God's word and God's spirit are present, order begins to happen. Life begins to happen, transformation begins to happen. But anyway, just before we dive into where I would love us to get to this morning, I want us to really quickly look at the context into which Paul is speaking into. I remember when I was younger, my dad used to often say that, Joel, if you don't put the text or the, the bit of scripture that you're reading, if you don't put the text into context, all you have is a con. And that used to, I find that funny and that used to help me that the context that we're looking at this morning is really important. So I'd love for you to look at verse two with me. We're gonna skip over verse one, don't worry, we'll come back. Um, but we're gonna go to verse two and we're gonna read that together. And so we're gonna read this in a different translation than the one we just heard. This is the NIV, so you'll notice it might look a little bit different. So verse two, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. 
Now, that, that first sentence is it's pretty intense language. Watch out for those dogs, those, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. Now, I imagine you probably haven't heard that language in your workplace this week, or I imagine you definitely haven't heard it around the kitchen table, unless maybe the older sibling got the biggest slice of pizza on Friday night, and that's not okay. But I imagine this probably isn't language that you've heard before. But what Paul is doing in this moment is he's giving us an insight into the context. He's giving us an insight into what's taking place in this place, Philippi, that he's writing this letter to. And so what we find out about Philippi is that Philippi was a Roman colony city. That meant that it carried the fingerprint, it carried the blueprint of Rome. It was filled with a whole bunch of people who were really patriotic to Rome, who were really nationalistic about Rome, which meant that when the Spirit of God began to move across Philippi as these um, followers of Jesus were coming to announce that the kingdom had come, that Jesus was on the scene, it meant that a whole group of non-Jews started to follow Jesus which was amazing. All of these people who weren't originally Jews, originally a part of the tribe of Israel, they were beginning to come to faith in Jesus, which meant that the community that formed there, there was a whole bunch of non-Jewish people who were beginning to give their lives to Jesus. But what we find out um, what we find out about Philippi was that some Jews were coming along to these non-Jews who had given everything that they had in order to follow Jesus. They were coming along to these non-Jews and saying, look, this is amazing that you're following Jesus, but what we want you to do now is we want you to start adding some regulations. We want you to start adding some traditions, and we want you to start adding some different directions onto your journey with Jesus. Following Jesus had become about more than following Jesus. It was Jesus plus a whole bunch of other stuff. And the rest of this passage is Paul's invitation to step away from all of the extra additional stuff to return to the one thing that really matters, the one thing that's going to lead to joy. And so that's what we're gonna look at this morning. So we're gonna jump back to verse one. That makes me feel better because I know we started at number two. We should have started at one, but we're gonna jump back to number one and we're gonna read there. So verse one, furthermore, brothers and sisters, everyone who's listening, rejoice in the Lord. Furthermore, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And now to understand the magnitude of what Paul is saying in this moment, we have to remember the context of where he's writing from. Paul's writing from a prison cell and he's inviting his hearers, he's inviting his listeners to rejoice in the Lord. Now, I have to be honest, I've never spent time in a prison cell, but I imagine that if I had the opportunity to write a letter from prison to the outside world, that many, many other words would, find them on the, would be found on the page before the word rejoice. I imagine the words help. <laughs> I imagine the words, could you please sympathize with me? I imagine the words, the food is absolutely terrible, would probably all make their way onto the page before rejoice makes it into the final draft. And that's because rejoice isn't a word we associate with prison. Rejoice isn't a word we associate with adversity. Rejoice isn't a word we associate with isolation or pain. But that is what Paul is declaring this morning in his place of isolation, in his place of confusion, in his place of frustration, he's inviting his listeners to rejoice in the Lord. 
And now maybe this morning you're listening to this message and at some stage in your journey you find yourself in a prison cell and you know exactly what that experience would be like. Or, or maybe this morning like me, you've, you've never been in a prison cell, but the idea of rejoicing amidst all that's going on right now seems so far from our reality. Like we may not be in an actual prison cell, but there are days, there are weeks, and there are maybe even months where it's felt like someone has locked us in the cell of our circumstances and thrown away the key. It almost feels like our world is about as big as a 12 by eight foot concrete block. <laughs> and our, our routines are controlled by the guards of our emotions as we are overwhelmed by the uncertainty of tomorrow and it infiltrates today and we feel paralyzed by anxiety. And now we are talking about joy this morning. And just this morning as I was thinking about this is, I think sometimes when we think about joy, sometimes when we think about um, joy of the Lord, I, I know for me anyway, I sometimes think about closing my eyes as, 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 as tight as I can and running as fast as I can through whatever is going on around me so that one day I can open my eyes and everything that was difficult has passed away behind me. I don't believe this is a moment for that kind of response. I don't believe this is a message of that kind of response. I'm not, I'm not talking this morning about escapism. I am talking about introducing something greater into the reality we are in right now. I am talking about introducing a hope, introducing a joy that is not dictated by our circumstances, that's not dictated by that which surrounds us. Hmm. And so we acknowledge that these are difficult days. We acknowledge that these are often overwhelming days, but remember, if anyone has the authority if anyone has the ability to speak into what we're experiencing right now, wherever we find ourselves, it's Paul. Paul found himself overwhelmed. Paul found himself isolated. He found himself locked down. And what does Paul tell us this morning? Rejoice. And so that's great, Joel. How do I get there? How do we get there this morning? What way do I need to go? What direction do I need to head in order to find joy in all that's going on? Well, I'm glad you asked, although you didn't. I, we're going to look at the next set of verses. So here we go. We're going to jump into verse 4. Though I myself have reason for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. And now remember the context into which Paul is speaking this morning. He's speaking into a group of people who've been told that following Jesus should be about more than following Jesus. They were told they had to add on a whole bunch of extra traditions. They were told they had to follow a whole new set of regulations and just basically head in a whole bunch of different directions in order to find joy, in order to find fulfillment, in order to ultimately be a follower of Jesus. And that is the context into which Paul is speaking. And what he's saying in this moment is he's saying, look, as far as all those other directions go, as far as all those other traditions go, as far as all those other legal regulations go, I had it going on. And now I know we, we don't often talk about circumcision on the eighth day or what tribe of Israel we descended from. They're not general conversations that we normally have because we, we don't live in a, a predominantly Jewish culture. 
but Paul is pointing towards something. So what I would love to do is I would love to very quickly break down this passage because I know, I know when I first read it, I got really confused. And so I had to kind of break it down and see, well, why was Paul saying that? And what was he pointing to when he was saying that? So we're gonna do that for just a moment. So we're gonna start with circumcised on the eighth day. What Paul was getting at in that moment is he was in order to be a part of the family of God before Jesus, there was this mark that was put upon all the men. They were physically set apart from all the peoples on the earth and they must have been circumcised on the eighth day. And Paul's saying, look, the stuff that was decided for me even before I could make decisions, it was in my favor. He continues, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, even the stuff that was completely outside of Paul's control was all landing in his favor. And he continues, um, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, and now we don't have many real Pharisees floating about in our towns these days, but what that means was Paul was the legal, um, he was legally allowed to teach the traditions of Judaism and he was legally allowed to interpret the, the laws of God for the people. So that meant that when Paul spoke, people listened. People wanted to hear what Paul had to say because what Paul said impacted their everyday lives. Paul had a voice, he had an influence, he had a following. When Paul came to your house for dinner, you brought out the nice china, you know the stuff that isn't chipped and has the knife scores on the plates? You got the nice stuff out because Paul was a man of influence. He was a man who had a voice. He was a man of honor. I imagine he would have had a lot of Instagram followers if he was around today. But he was a man of influence and a man with a voice and a man with a whole group of people who wanted to listen to him. So that's what he's getting at there. He continues, as for zeal, persecuting the church. Now, I know that's not a good thing, but what Paul's saying in that moment is, look, as far as what I believed, no one could match my passion. As far as what I believed, I was willing to die for. And he continues, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. No one could match Paul's execution for what he believed. No one could come close to his effort for what he believed. Paul's history, Paul's education, Paul's voice, Paul's influence, Paul's passion, Paul's effort, Paul's execution for what he believed, all pointed towards a life of fulfillment and all pointed towards a life of joy. And now, we might call that success today. And so I know it's 2021, we can't relate to a lot of the things that Paul had to share in that moment or in that passage of scripture, but I would love to do for just for a moment is I would love us just to imagine, well, what if that was today? What if that was me? What if we're talking about those directions in life that we've maybe gone after on the pursuit of joy and the pursuit of fulfillment? Where does that land today? And so maybe that is if I save enough money right now when the rainy day comes, I'll have enough to get by. Maybe it's if I accumulate enough possessions in my home. Maybe it's if I stay up to date with the latest tech and the latest clothing trends or if I gather enough Instagram and Facebook followers and friends, then I'll experience joy. But I know, you know as well as me, if you've tried any of those things for more than a week or maybe even less, you'll realize that they're, they're, they're pretty hollow, empty, trivial pursuits. And so that's why I think Paul doesn't necessarily give us a list of bad things. Now, I know persecuting the church is a bad thing, but what that's pointing to, remember, is he's saying, look, my passion, no one could match it. 
And so I think that's maybe why most of the things that Paul said were really good, really wholesome things. Was it wrong that he was Jewish? No. Was it wrong that he was an expert Bible teacher and really good at interpreting and applying and translating the law? No, they were really good and wholesome things. And so what if we do that right now? What does that look like today? Well, what if I go to the right school, get the right degree, get a job in the right company, work my way up, then I'll have joy? Or what if it's a, I find the perfect husband or wife at the perfect time and then have the perfect number of perfect kids, then I'll have joy? In fact, what if we do exactly what Paul did and we bring it right into the sphere of church? We bring it right into the sphere of religion. We say, well, oh, if I set my direction towards getting to spend time with that leader, then I'll have joy. If I set my direction towards getting to maybe play my instrument someday on the stage or someday getting to be a part of that group, then I'll have joy. And you know, you can add anything to that list this morning, anything or anyone that we have pursued on the pursuit of joy. Now we're gonna change gear for just a moment. My wonderful wife has a story she would love to share. It's gonna be a video and it's gonna pop up on the screen now. Good morning, everyone. It is such a joy to get to join with you this morning. As Joel said, my name is Shannon and I'm Joel's wife and he's doing a great job this morning, isn't he? But I've been invited here to share a quick story. So a couple of years ago, I decided that I wanted to go and visit my best friend who had moved to Oma recently. Now, Joel and I originally are from the northwest of Northern Ireland in a place called Derry slash Londonderry. And Oma is on the west. And so I arrived at the bus centre, bought my ticket, and on that day, they were doing a special offer where you could buy this thing called a Rambler's ticket. And what the Rambler's ticket offered was that you were able to travel all around Northern Ireland on all public transports for the same price as your return journey. So of course, that's what I bought. So I stepped on the bus, sat down, put my earphones in, opened my book, and around 45 minutes later, I looked out the window, Yes, it took me 45 minutes to look out the window and discovered that I was on the Glen Sheen. Now, the Glen Sheen heads to a place called Belfast. And Belfast is on the east of the island, the complete opposite direction, the wrong place, the place that I didn't want to go. And so on that day, I managed to get on a bus that was heading in the wrong direction to the wrong place. And I ended up in Belfast instead of Oma. She is amazing. I can tell you that no two journeys with Shannon are the same. We see things, we go down lanes that I didn't know existed, and it's, it's so much fun. But I just, I love that story, because Shannon intended to go in one direction, but she ended up going in another direction. And it might sound really obvious and really simple this morning, but notice what happens when we go the wrong direction. Notice what happened when Shannon stepped foot on that bus was she ended up in a different destination than the one she had intended to go to. And I think that's what Paul's doing in this scripture today. I think that's what he's inviting us into. He's saying, look, there's many different directions that you, that you can go, but there's one direction, one direction that's gonna lead to true hope. There's one direction that's gonna lead to true life and to true joy. And that's what he's about to invite us into. So if you want to turn again to the Bible with me, we're going to look at verses 7 and 8. And this is where it gets really good. 
But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Hmm. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Wow, I would love to just read that again. But whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. It's an incredible, incredible passage of scripture. It's an incredible invitation from Paul this morning. And uh, He's, he literally is proclaiming that, look, everything I once held dear, everything I once counted as gain, now it isn't even worthy of comparing to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. It's a phenomenal invitation. It's a phenomenal proclamation. And, and, and one of the words that Paul uses, he actually uses quite an intense word when he's describing anything other than Jesus. Um, it says, I consider them, all things, garbage. And now that word garbage in the original language um, is quite an intense word. It's a word skabullin, and I'm sorry, I have, I have limited Greek, and that's maybe, that's an overstatement. So there's no one here to tell me off today, so it's okay. The word skabullin literally means refuse, and it's further translated as, as animal excrement. Animal poop. Neil's telling me off here in the corner. He's saying I, I said it wrong. I'm only joking. But this word, this word, skibullin, literally means refuse, animal excrement, animal poo. Anything other than Jesus is literally animal poo when compared with his worth, when compared with his worthiness, when compared with his holiness. It's not even worthy to be in the same room, never mind on the same table. That's a powerful image. When we see Jesus rightly, when we see him for who he really is, when we see his worth, when we see his wonder, when anything's compared to him, it's literally animal poo. And that's, that, that amuses me, but it's also really striking that that's, what, that's the word that Paul uses to compare anything other than Jesus. And as I was preparing for this message, I was reminded of a song that we used to sing when we were younger that I would just love us to, I'm gonna read, I'm not gonna sing, don't worry. I would love to just read and I would love to just invite you in this moment just to turn your heart towards Jesus. I believe Jesus is, is beside you. I believe he's within you. I believe he's around you and I believe he's longing to draw you closer to himself this morning. So I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read some lyrics from a song. You may know it, it's called Knowing You, Jesus. We used to sing it a lot when we were kids um, and it just puts incredible language to what Paul Paul is getting at in this moment. So I'd love you maybe just to close your eyes wherever you are. Maybe if you wanna raise your hands, that's what I often do in worship because it just gives me the image of lifting Jesus high. So I'd love um, to read this text to you right now. Oh, Jesus. All I once held dear, built my life upon. All this world reveres and wars to own. All I once thought gain, I have counted loss, spent and worthless now compared to this. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You are my all, you're the best, you're my joy and my righteousness, and I love you, Lord. <laughs> it's powerful language 
to what we're trying to express this morning. This is the blueprint to joy in our lives. This is the invitation to joy in our lives. And it's Jesus. It's nothing but Jesus. There's no additional extras. There's no extra traditions. There's no extra directions. They may be helpful and sometimes they may even be good. But the invitation this morning is to come to knowing Jesus. Nothing else and nothing added. How do we rejoice in this season? We set our direction towards Jesus. How do we have hope in this season? We set our direction towards Jesus. And now for just a moment, I would love you to think about the experiences of greatest joy in your life. And so it may have been the birth of a child as you, you held that bundle of joy in your arms and the overwhelming wonder of what was in front of you. It may have been a wedding day as your husband or wife stood before you and you, everyone else that was in the room just began to fade and drift away as you were overcome by the joy of the future that was set before you. Or maybe it was you had the privilege of standing on one of our beautiful beaches on the North Coast at sunset. If you live in the North Coast, that is something you need to check out. And as the sun began to set, colors and textures indescribable began to paint themselves across the sky and you were just left with this experience of joy. And now one of the things that we notice about the greatest experiences of joy in our lives is that they're not moments of self-centeredness. They're not moments of self-even awareness. They're often moments of self-abandonment and self-forgetfulness as we are overcome by that which is in front of us. <laughs> and that's what Paul is inviting us to do this morning. He's inviting us to become overcome by that which is in front of us. And not our circumstances, not our situations, but the person of Jesus. As we stand in awe and wonder of Jesus, as we bow in wonder and adoration and reverence and in worship, we can this morning respond like Paul. We can respond with joy. And what begins to happen as we behold Jesus, as we begin to see Jesus for who he truly is, as we begin to see him for what he is truly worth, is all those other things just begin to fade away. All those other things begin to, to, to almost just go into the background as Jesus is held in his rightful place as Lord of our lives. And I don't mean that our marriages become meaningless, that our friendships become meaningless, or our jobs become meaningless. No, what I mean is that when Jesus is put in his rightful place, those very things begin to find their true meaning. Those very things begin to find their true worth as gifts from a very good God. Amazing. He is so good. I would love to just invite Abby um, Abby's just gonna come and she's gonna play some keys in the background um, just as we come in to land this morning. Now, I don't have time, but there's a couple of more verses in that passage that I would love you to go and check out. And literally all it is, is Paul just continues to not be able to contain himself when he's talking about Jesus. He continues to talk about the worth of Jesus, the value of Jesus, how knowing Jesus changes absolutely everything. And I would love for you to dive into that at some stage today, but I would just really love to create a little bit of room for us to pray this morning.
Hmm. Do you know, when we begin to see Jesus for who he truly is, it's like what I said a moment ago, it's, it's that, that experience of like self-abandonment, that experience of, of wanting to lay everything down so that we might know him. And so there's this passage in the Bible, I believe it's gonna pop up on the screen. It's Matthew 10, 39, where, where Jesus says this. He says, whoever finds their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And this is amazing. This kingdom that Jesus has invited us into, we find life in surrender. We find life in death. We find increase in multiplication by laying everything down. And so this morning, as I've been talking about Jesus, you're maybe like, well, what? I've never, I've never directed myself towards him. I've never moved towards Jesus. Well, I would love to invite you this morning to turn to Jesus. We're not offering a whole bunch of different directions. We're not offering traditions. We're not offering regulations. We're simply offering Jesus. He's extending his invitation to you this morning. And so if that's you and you're like, my goodness, I wanna step off the bus that I've been on. I wanna step away from the directions that I've been running after. And I wanna find true hope. I wanna find true joy. I wanna find true life. Then I invite you to turn to Jesus. So I would love to pray for you this morning. And so wherever you are, I just encourage you to maybe close your eyes if it's appropriate. And we're just gonna say a prayer, prayer together wherever you are. You may be listening later in the week. You may be, you might be even cycling your bike right now, but I would just love to pray wherever you are. And we're gonna pray this prayer together. So if you're looking to turn to Jesus for the first time this morning, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for directing my life away from you. Jesus, would you forgive me? for you haven't been Lord of my life. And right now I choose to direct my life towards you. I choose to set my hope and I choose to set my joy on you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my life and be Lord of my life. Amen. And if that was you this morning, if you turned to Jesus for the first time, we would love to hear from you because we would love to encourage you. We would love to pray for you. We would love to join you as you begin this life transforming journey of getting to know Jesus as the Lord of your life. And so secondly, this morning, another group of people I would love to invite to respond is as you were hearing those words, earlier about different directions, about even traditions and, and regulations, you started to relate to that. G following Jesus has become about more than following Jesus. It's become Jesus plus my job. It's become Jesus plus my family. It's become Jesus plus, and they're not necessarily bad things. They're not necessarily wrong things, but you know that they have been elevated to the same place as Jesus in your life. And I believe there's this invitation from Jesus this morning through the words of Paul to return to Jesus. And so wherever you are this morning, I'm gonna invite you to do something really brave. I'm gonna invite you to get on your knees and I'm gonna join you as well. 
because there's areas of my life that I wanna submit again, that I wanna surrender again to the feet of Jesus. And so we're just gonna get on our knees. And I'm gonna pray and I just invite you just to pray with me. Jesus, we're sorry. We're sorry for when things, when relationships, when jobs, when families, when whatever it may be, have taken the place of equality with you. And we proclaim, just as we sang this morning, Jesus, that you have no rival, that you have no equal. That God, you have defeated the consequences of sin. You have defeated the grave. And there is none like you, Jesus, none in all of the earth. And we come again to your feet. We come again and we bow in adoration, we bow in reverence, and God, we repent. We turn our hearts, we turn our lives, we set our direction once again on you, once again towards your feet, once again towards your face, God. Would you come and reign in our lives? proclaim God that knowing you Jesus knowing you there is no greater thing you are my all you are the best you're my joy you are my righteousness and I love you Lord come and take your rightful place this morning Jesus Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmicoastvineyard.com.